Hello, everybody. This is the Winning in Winnipeg podcast, where we talk to top performing business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, and local Winnipeg celebrities. We get to learn who they are, how they think, and we get to hear their perspective about what's really going on in Winnipeg and their businesses. Today, I have Jonathan Torquia, also known by his community as Torch. Don't get that confused. His name is not Torchia. Jonathan has an entrepreneurial journey that started many years ago, where he not only worked as a paramedic for the Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service, but is better known for founding the WFPS Run. He's a race director, founder of River City Run Coaching. He joined the Nike Pace team at the Chicago Marathon just recently, and now he's taken it one step further and purchased City Park Runners, a retail location here in Winnipeg that builds on the value and service he offers his running clients and customers. Full disclosure, Torch was who I hired when I decided to start running, so I got to experience his run coaching firsthand, and that we will talk about later. And uh, he can fill you in on the rest. Mr. Torquia, how are you? I'm well. I'm doing well. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is <laughs> this is very uh, unique, I would have to say. I know. I've never done an in-person podcast. I've done a few over like Zoom and telephone, but this is pretty um, cool. It's different, isn't it? It is. Like yeah. this. Yeah, the eye contact and in person is, is different. I like it better. That's why I'm like staring off all over the place. Don't be offended. <laughs> I know, not at all. No, I think that it, uh, it promotes discussion and conversation. Yeah. There's no like... Eh, uh, Totally. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. And it's what happens true. when you have bad internet? That's true. Yeah. Oh, podcasters' worst nightmare. Yeah. It yeah. would be horrible. Um, so I want to know how has the last kind of two years, the, the last two years have been actually crazy for you, like just from an outsider perspective. But as far as, Oh man, there's a lot. That's a loaded question. How have the last two years been, right? That is a very loaded question. Yeah. How have you? Let Let's start with uh, how are you? How have you guys been coping, both personally and business wise? Mm-hmm. Um, on a personal level, if we're talking about a couple year snapshot, um, two years ago, I was still hired with the fire paramedic service as a paramedic. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's funny because you and I have had conversations and. I always said I admired your um, ability when you were on the department as a firefighter to just finally break through those golden handcuffs and pursue your passions. And and this is what you're doing now. And it's amazing. And I always told you that it actually inspired me quite a bit. And it was just last year when I was coaching you and I was still kind of talking to you about being a, uh, in a bit of a rut in early in earlier in the year, being like, I just got to break free. I got to figure something out. And uh, I think the next time we talked, it was like, hey, man, <laughs> I gave my resignation as a paramedic 13 years down the down the hatch and uh, no regrets. And I think uh, I saw it on social. I think I saw it on social for something happened. You some or somebody told me or something like that. Like maybe it was, I was excited. Yeah, it, uh, it was a long time coming and, and it was pre pandemic. I was just you know similar to you in the sense that i just had so many other passions and outside of the job outside of being a paramedic and um i just didn't know how to align all those passions and projects i was doing on the outside of being a paramedic and 
an opportunity kind of came around, which was a very lucky opportunity in a sense. And everything lined up. So June 16th, 2021 was my last official date as a paramedic with the city. And uh, July 1st, 2021, we uh, we officially took over City Park Runners. Um, That's huge. It's monstrous. And for those who are listening don't know, like as Dan was saying, I, uh, I've done a couple things out in the community with, you know, WFPS Run and founded that 10 years ago and Run Your Lungs Out where we ran on a treadmill for 24 hours to do 100 miles and raise money for cancer care and the run coaching side business and the run clubs in the, in the city. Um, community is to the core who I am. I, if I zoom a lens out, um, community is so strong in my, in my blood. And giving back to the community is a big part of, of, of what I strive to do on a day-to-day basis now as a business owner. And I, you know, tied around now, um, thinking back to being a paramedic, you're always giving back and giving your time so uh, unselfishly um, to those in need. So anyway, um, with with all those sort of things on the go, outside of a paramedic, I was exactly trying to figure out how can we line this all up to make a career out of this. And an opportunity came up to purchase City Park Runners. And uh, I just so beautifully tied everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, the run coaching stuff, the events, the community aspect, the run clubs, being able to talk running and community and passions inside the four walls of City Park it's Runners. So vertically integrated. Absolutely. Like yeah. it's so linear, which is so beautiful. And yeah, I mean, it's owning your own business. Your skin's in the game for a lot of money and and that and you're constantly looking at numbers and that yes that can be very stressful mm-hmm. but when you're mm-hmm. deeply actually passionate and rooted in what you're doing you wake up day to day excited to go to work and excited to make a difference it doesn't feel like work it truly for the first time in my life i'm 34 years old i got as a paramedic when i was 21 so at 34 i finally have discovered who i am meant to be on this world in, the, in this world and in the community and it is it's real for me. I finally have job love where I can wake up and I go, I'm so excited to actually go to the shop today. I'm mm-hmm. so excited to like interact and engage with those customers that come into the store. Yeah. How can we give back to the community? How can we do these different things to just grow, grow the community, grow the store? Of course, obviously at the end of the day, it's a business aspect, but it's also to grow the community and to better the environment in the community that we're in, Winnipeg and, and the surrounding areas kind of thing. So it's... Uh, it's a fun thing right now. It's really fun. So you have done something that I think is, it's massive in both what holds people back and what sets people free. Um, so when I met you on, when I was a firefighter and you were a paramedic, I feel like it was kind of a different world and we were two different people because the environments were very different and we were very different. Um, what's funny is, is in, in talking to people about you now and even back then when I started to know, when you started running, when you started training for your Ironman, um, they were saying how like, fun, energetic, you know, when you were really like, when you were into your passion, when you were getting into it, whereas like we saw different things, right. In the fire hall in with the city, like there are things that just kind of 
suck the life out of you. And I think that there's people that have been stuck forever. And whether it's whether it's a vice president in a role he doesn't like, whether it's somebody who started a business and they're in some sort of position that they don't like, take me through how take me through the mindset of jumping off a cliff and <laughs> building the wings on the way down. Oh man, you, you couldn't have nailed it any harder on the head. It's it, this conversation has come up so many times where people go, you gave up that job. Like you gave up that salary. And it's so funny because forever we, you know, we call the golden handcuffs in these corporations, these businesses. And this is going to be very transparent with the city of Winnipeg as a paramedic, as a firefighter, you make six figures. You have great pension, great benefits, paid holidays, paid sick time, family sick time. It's golden. You're locked in. People Drive. It's a good life. It's like, a great yeah, life. It absolutely. offers a great lifestyle. The shift yep. work of four on, four off. It's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But you, in, in a sense, you do get sucked into that. And you literally just grind year by year and year by year. And the closer you get to that retirement, the, the harder for people it is just to pick up and go and maybe follow their passion somewhere else. So in my example, I got out of the department when I was 22 years old. So young, so naive so green didn't know really know any better in a sense was i really passionate when i got out of ems school and i got a job at the city of winnipeg at 22 of course i was i was like oh my god this is my life now i'm so jacked up this is so exciting it's fresh but over time we all grow as people 10 years ago yeah i was super passionate about helping others and i still am today and that identity hasn't changed i was super passionate about ems and getting a job at the city but as I grew and as I developed as a person, I, I, I just grew into a different human being and I matured into a different human being. So for myself, it was year after year after year. And I go back to earlier in the conversation, it was a couple of years before the pandemic where EMS was just grind. It, we're just being worked off our asses. And it was in a sense of going like, this is not sustainable. And I'm only 32 years old. I'm not going to just hang on to this job to collect a pension in 25 more years and uncertainty if there's still going to be a pension in 25 years whatever that may look like what do i have to do and i i i know for for many years i was in a lot of denial so much denial of going i can never give up this job the money's so good and the pay do you think so. it's denial do you think it's fear it's fear it's fear of judgment and I'll be the first to say that. And you know who the biggest fear I had of? My parents. Because my whole life, my parents instilled work ethic. They are old school Italians. They instilled go to school, get post-secondary, get that career job, whatever. Get married, have kids, house, all that kind of stuff. Like those stereotypical steps of life. Yep. Right? And that was old school mentality. And you know what? I am so thankful for my parents because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair in front of you today. They have taught me work ethic and they've taught me the grind and they've taught me what it means to work hard and earn your money. And, but the fear of giving up that career and giving up that money because they worked their asses off their entire lives to provide for me and my three brothers. I have three siblings and that all they did was just work for the family and make money and work for the family. They never did anything for themselves as work, provide for the kids, work, provide for the kids. So for them, their mentality is, wow, how can you give this up to pursue something else? 
So a lot of that is where it comes from is the fear and the judgment and not knowing is the grass greener on the other side of the fence. Cause that's a big thing. Like we same with yourself, man. I, all the times we ever talked in the fire hall about, we always chit chat about your side projects. And I always said like, what's holding you back from taking that jump off the cliff and trying to build your wings, like you said, and fly away. And that's why I just like, I get so like, I just throw like a fist up in the air, like, and I fist pump the air when people can just finally pull the trigger and actually truly pursue something that they're passionate about in life yeah. rather than just that's looking at it. That's why I was excited. Right. That's why I was excited when you did it. <laughs> it's a big thing, yeah. man. And like the, going back to your original question, I guess this is a way long winded question of like the mindset of it is I'm, I'm 34 years old. I, I have so much more to offer people in the community. I have so much more to offer the city of Winnipeg. I have so much more to offer my wife, my kids, my, you know, my future, my whatever, whatever that looks like. I, I'm just such a, I have, I'm, I'm such a different person now than I was 10 years ago, 13 years ago when I first got on. So for me, it was that, that looking at that grand picture and going, yeah, okay, of course I don't have family sick time being a business owner now and I don't have paid holidays i mean i take time off well i don't get paid for it right so let's go hunting like whatever it is right <laughs> yeah. it's it's one of those things that's very interesting um and i got that i've got that question asked so many times it's funny the amount of times i've had that question be asked from friends and other people who come into the shop over the last six months since taking over and going like oh you gave up so much to take this on because in their eyes they view it as oh essentially torch or jt or torch whoever they call me said well essentially just bought like a retail store and I don't view it as a shoe store, just a shoe store. We're so much more than that. We're so much more than just selling, running apparel and shoes. We are like, we're way, way, way more than that. And that's how I view it. But to the outsider, they go, well, six figure salary to inheriting monster debt for some years until you work way out of it. Right. And I don't view it as that. I view this as like, Oh my God, I'm so jacked up to see how, how hard we can put our efforts into this. And how fast we can grow it and how successful we can grow this business to another level and take it to levels never seen before. And like, it's all rooted into like my actual core passions, who I am down to the core now. Um, so I don't, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's um, yeah. So did I, and, and that's, that's the thing. It's not just a retail store and you're not just a business owner. What else have you integrated into this? Like you've got your run coaching, right? You've got your own side stuff that you're mm. pushing for, training for. Yeah. I still haven't done an Ironman. <laughs> Just, you know, let's put that out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was always jealous. Well, you know what? It's um, for people that know me and I, 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 maybe the, the viewership of your podcast, a lot of people don't know who I am. The three people. The three people that listen yeah. to your podcast. Yeah. Hello, three people. Yeah. Um, Maybe I am a person who succeeds under pressure when I'm juggling 25 balls in the air. I'm not one to just be slowly, gingerly walking around, just juggling two balls. It's super easy and it's maintainable. I am like all about, yeah, the, you know, the run coaching stuff and putting on events and community, owning a business, balancing family lifestyle at home, and then training myself for marathons and other events and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not one just to kind of sit back and, and do minimal to, to fly by. I am uh either do stuff 110% or I don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny because you're right. The store is not just a store that sells shoes and apparel. We we host run clubs. We host run clinics. Just recently, I brought on 
which is this. So this is so cool. And like a piece of the business now that I'm so jacked on. So talking about how I had my run coaching business and you were one of my, 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 my clients or my, one of my people I coached for a marathon. I was a peep. What's that? I was, I was one of your peeps. You were my people yeah. and you're awesome. Like you were dedicated. You're, you're, you were so dedicated to your craft and I loved it and I appreciated it. We had a couple of random runs together living in River Heights there, which is awesome. But uh, where I'm going with this is I had the side hustle over the last couple of years of doing the run coaching stuff. And then since they've taken over the store, I came to a realization, okay, I'm actually really busy with the store operation and all these other things I want to do to grow the store business. I actually now need to hire a professional run coach and bring River City Run Coaching into City Park Run Coaching. So I've abolished River City Run Coaching and now it's under the wing of River, uh, City Park Run Coaching. And I brought on this amazing coach, Carolyn Coffin. Um, she is outstanding. And in like the first six weeks of us merging together and her taking that whole chapter on for the store, um, we're up to like 30 clients already in like six weeks. So that part is so amazing because I know that's going to grow the business and that's going to grow another whole different chapter of City Park Runners, the store, just the shoe store that has never been tapped into before. Mm-hmm. And that's just a small example of how to slowly build these Lego blocks on this business and this tower to grow it into a big business one day. And right. we're slowly doing it, just adding little pieces at a time to this empire. And it's just one little piece at a time. And this is a big piece that we added, um, which is amazing because now I can focus my energies on, okay, now what's next? Maybe I got to hire a social media person, take that off my plate. Now maybe I got to hire actually a manager to manage a store. We've grown exponentially in the six months we've taken over where I inherited only two employees from previous ownership. And since then I've hired five additional. Business has been really amazing. The community has really like showed support and rallied and um, existing customers, brand new customers that have never been there before, lots of family, friends, all that kind of stuff and connections in the community. Um, But it's just amazing to see the variety of people coming through the door um, who have never been there before and had never shopped their previous or anything like that. And you ask them, how'd you hear about us? And oh, on Google or from a friend or a reference or whatever. And it's like amazing. Like that's so good to hear. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it, that part of the business is interesting right now. So as a short, in your short tenure as a, as a retail business owner, what's been the, what's been the hardest parts about it? <laughs> Quite honestly, the inventory supply chain issues that have been happening since the pandemic. And it's just like your industry, um, like any industry out there, the supply chain is crippled simply by the pandemic. And right now that's my biggest woes um, are the supply chain issues. Right. Otherwise, not to sound like a total airhead, I have learned the business pretty quickly. We have made so many changes and improvised, or not improvised, we've made so many changes and growths within the store that it's a really fluid running store now in a sense. And that is where my biggest headaches lie is something actually completely out of my control. So like any specialty items, as we know, like furniture or appliances or go to the local bike shop and their minimal supply. Same thing in the run world right now, shoes, apparel, accessories, all that stuff, shoes in particular, completely crippled because Vietnam, they house like four out of the six or five out of the six monster shoe manufacturing plants. They all got closed down during the pandemic, like last year. Then recently, just this past summer, 
They closed down for another 16 weeks just recently, like May, June, July, August. And as an example, so how the seasons work in the run world is we were supposed to get our fall shoe lineup in like August, September, October. So it's ready to go for our fall season. We are still receiving now in January, three, four months late, shoes that were supposed to arrive back in like November and October. And as a store owner, that's so like maddening and frustrating. As a consumer, it's also frustrating because you go to any store, it's not just ours, and there's not supply for your certain size, there's not a certain color that you want, but it's also having to retrain the shopper who comes into your store and wants a particular color. Well, listen, these certain brands aren't making colors anymore. They're just trying to get like key sizes out, out, of, their, out, yep. of, their, out of their factories. Yep. So it's funny trying to retrain the shopper as well, in a sense, but it's coming around. Um, and I say this to someone, I said this the other day, if my biggest headaches right now lie in the supply chain inventory stuff, maybe by next year or the year after, we're back to like normal with that. Well, we've done pretty good then. So it's been a lot of fun learning a brand new business. I've never technically owned an actual business of my own. Yep. Um, it's just been kind of side hustles and, and little projects like that. So it's been, um, it's been a lot of fun, big learning, but a lot of fun. I imagine so. Um, you, uh, uh, a ways back there, you mentioned um, growth and how you had to mature, you had to grow. Um, tell me about that. Was that a purposeful journey? Is that something that, you made a conscious effort of did you was there something that happened or was that just like a progression of you know events that kind of moved forward that brought you one enough courage to to quit your existing job and then two to dive into everything that goes with buying a business right um that's a loaded question <clears throat> um oh man where do i start with that Personal growth. I feel like I, I, I've been on this like peculiar journey, I guess you could say, over the last many years of my life, trying to, in, in my own mind, I call it denial. Like I said, you, you, well, you said earlier, it's not denial, but it's that fear. But for myself, it was this denial of, of, of growth, like recognizing that I was changing and maturing in different facets of my life, but then also being like, no, no, that's not, I'm not. I'm not buying into that. Like, like that's you're not fighting me. it. I was fighting it. Yeah. yeah. Good, good word to put. I was fighting it. And with that, I was growing and I was maturing yearly or daily or however you want to call it. And I was, I was fighting it in a sense because no, like this is the job I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like I, I don't want to go anywhere. Like the salary is so good and blah, 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 blah. That comes with working with the city. It's so wonderful. And I was fighting it. I was fighting it for so long and year by year, day by day, there was growth happening. And, you know, when I was 23 years old, I started the WFPS run. Never planned a single race or single running event in my life or any kind of event, let alone even a birthday party. And here I am at 23 years old, creating this half marathon, 10 kilometer, five kilometer race for the city of Winnipeg. And fast forward 10 years later, now we're the second largest running event in the province. And we have 3,500 runners that come out annually in the fall time. Now, I, if I just zoom out my lens 10 years later at 34 years old, when I started the event, I was 23, and I go, what like, What? 23-year-old in the right mind would take on such a thing, such a, a task, a tall task of creating this event and 
all that work that comes with that sort of thing, right? What I, I, I don't know. Like, why did you? Why? Yeah. The backstory behind it was my grandfather had passed away from a stroke, and I wanted to do something a little bit more than just donate some money to the Heart and Stroke Foundation, his memory. Right. So I created this event because the police have a half marathon, a successful half marathon in May. So I said, I went to our chiefs at the department. I said, hey, the police have a half marathon. Why don't we? So I, I essentially created a half marathon, 10K, 5K for the WFPS at the time. And we put all the money to the Heart and Stroke Foundation, donate all the money. So in the first year, we donated like 40,000 bucks, I think. I can't, don't quote me on that, at 35, 40. And now 10 years later, we're at like 450,000 bucks. We're fact checking all this, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, fact check, yeah. please. It's on our yeah. website. <laughs> um but in 10 years now going on to our 10th year it's over 400k that's that amazing. we can proudly yeah. say we've donated to the heart and stroke foundation yeah like that's that's monstrous it i would have never have dreamt that um but it's crazy to think the growth and that so anyways going back to the original question of personal growth and that it's these things these little like momentous building blocks in my life like these little ideas and entrepreneurial ideas and that that work ethic i go back to my parents instilling work ethic in me it goes back to that for me of like just always working on something always like perfecting your craft and always trying to like build and better yourself and better those around you mm -hmm. because I, I i firmly believe you're only as good as like your team and the people that you have around you um you know unless you're a total lone soldier that's tough you can only go so far the lone wolf lone wolf yeah that's tough right so um that part i love i love leading people i love leading my committees i love leading my my my, my team at work where at city park um i can i can proudly say i'm a leader i'm not a, definitely not a follower i'm for sure a leader and that's something i like take with great passion and great pride that people do turn to me um and that's something again <clears throat> over those years of the growth and development and the maturity that i've you know, taking all these attributes and grown, grown with them kind of thing. So, um, I push that because I think it's, it's such a huge thing. Now, now there's some people that just, it, it, it kind of just happens to them, right? Like things happen and they kind of see the light and, you know, they go from one thing and then they see more opportunity, more opportunity more, and more opportunity. Um, others take, a little more time or you need like this catalyst monster event um that kind of changes your life i think that this is like that's kind of what makes uh a podcast so cool in, sh in sharing your story not only to you know people get to know you and and when people know from you they buy from you right because you'd rather buy from someone you know and trust however the other side of it is it can inspire and I think that in the business world, and it's a bias I have, right, clearly, is I think there's a ton of people that are just incredibly unhappy. They, they, they want to do something. They want to quit. Whether they're entrepreneurial or not, they're just, they're stuck. So in hearing, you know, about your, your journey, your mindset, all of that, I think everything is the mind right? Everything you create, everything we see around us was once an idea from someone. And so I think that it's, I think that it's really cool. Like I had no idea that you started the WFPS so young. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Um, 
Now you've been um, you've been a run coach for a while now, and in going through your program, um, and as a coach in anything, the best way is a step by step. Like if you do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. To reach their goals, uh, you break it down pretty simply, right? Like, here's where you are. Here's where you want to go. How do we get you there? My question is, why do people fail? Oh, man. And, and, and not, only, not only that, but like how many people fail versus how many succeed. And I, and I don't think that that is indicative of the coaching really all that much just simply because i because i know because i've gone through it um but how do people fail that's a great question it's you know what okay how people fail in running running is 80 percent mentality and you you kind of already said it in a sense that like it's it's mental man it's totally in the mind it's a hundred percent wired to the mind if there's stuff around you that's pointing in the direction of don't do it or it's really cold outside, just skip today's run. I mean, and I'm using running as an example right now, obviously. It's so easy to just, your brain plays fucking mind tricks on you. And your brain is, is truly the catalyst of every decision that we make. Every decision processes through your brain. And it's all mental, man. If you're like, if you have the mindset of it's so cold out and I'm not going to run in this weather, well, all of January, you wanted to run. And if you don't have a treadmill. Or December, February, <laughs> right. March, right. most of April. It's it's, 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 it's it's so much mental. And sometimes there's unforeseeable things. There's injuries or family matters and you know setbacks. And that's understandable stuff, man. That is life and we get it. But... You have to, and I, I, you have to be willing to fail to succeed. You have to be willing to fail to succeed. And if you don't have that mindset that you're willing to fail, I'm, I, and I'm going back to the store. I, there's no surefire that my store is going to be successful. There's no surefire that because I'm following this training program, I'm going to be successful. You have to be willing to fail and be okay with failing. And that's where a lot of people aren't okay with failure and they have a fear of failing. And they don't even try that. And they don't even try it. Right. Yeah. So how do you know you're not going to be able to complete that goal if you're not even going to try it because you have the fear of failure? You have to. You have to be able to fear failure and take it on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. That's just so, and that's like in running in life in any decision, you have to be able to envision that. So is there anything on a daily, I like to break, break stuff down to into days, right? It's kind of like the world resets every time we go to sleep and we wake up crazy and scared and all that. Um, what do you do for, for yourself is there anything that you do in particular specifically is there a routine uh how do you get ready for the day (laughs) 
Oh, or, or the e or the or the middle of the day or the evening or even the night. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't have a a, a set in stone routine where every day I wake up at six o'clock and I meditate or I write in my journal. Like, I I don't do anything like that. And um, a, a, maybe a typical day for me is I literally wake up mostly based on when my little guy wakes up. As we know, with young children, <laughs> there's no alarm clocks. God, if he sleeps past 6.30, it's like, whoa, what's happening right now? Is he dead? Yeah. <laughs> Honey, can you check on him, please? Yeah, exactly. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, that's the life of, of parenting. That's the life of having children, right? We all know that. That's a, that's the reality. And that's okay. If, if I love him to death. Um, but nonetheless, it's a thing of like, okay, we'll wake up when the kid wakes up, essentially. Or if you want to really want to get up early, we'll get up early. And it's typically a run. It's typically come home from the run or off the treadmill from the run. And then it's a breakdown of the day. And I, I, I do a lot of mental checklists. I am not one to like write out a physical list and check it off. And I know a lot of people do that. Um, I am old school in the sense that I literally still use um, an agenda book, like a writing agenda book. I, I cannot, like I am so for like innovation and technology and like all that stuff through the iPhone and iWatch and MacBook and like how it's all integrated. I do not use my phone to schedule appointments and a calendar and all that kind of stuff. Cause I'm staring at my phone enough as it is through all the social media stuff for the store and personal social media or whatever that looks like emails and text messages and all that kind of stuff that I don't want to be on my phone any further than having to look at a schedule. So I'm old school where I have my old agenda book and I write stuff out day by day. Okay. This appointments at this time, this appointments at this time. And I literally open up my agenda book. And I look at the entire week ahead or the day ahead, and that's how I plot stuff out. I don't, um, I don't do it through the phone. I'm old school that way. I'm a bit, I'm so visual. Old. So, old. so old. I'm so old. Well, for the, the, the youngins out there. Well, yeah. people make fun of me. You have an agenda book still? Yeah, I have an agenda book. What's the big deal? <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, I have a routine. I don't know. I don't. Have, I'm not one. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a, a riveting routine that's like sets me up for my day it's it's it starts with a sweat of some sort i run 95 percent of the time and then in the morning in the morning typically in the morning that kind of sets my tone it it clears my mind those days i don't run i definitely feel lethargic and i feel like um i feel bogged down a bit mentally i'm not there or fresh but it's when i when i run and i I feel just on top of it yeah so for me that's a big thing and that's personal for me where other people would be like, crap, I could never wake up and go run. Like I would, that would kill my whole day. So, But that's an incredibly huge step in your day. When I first started learning about uh, the body and the mind and everything like that and how it affects us, getting up and putting your body into a submissive position, so tiring it out. And that's actually how they break through people in like the military or anything, right? You tire them out so that, their mind like the fear and the voice saying no and all of their all of their uh inhibitions and everything that's telling them that they can't do something you just tire them out for sure and then you can do anything so as 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 business owners and entrepreneurs and everything like that like to get your mind in order running is a huge thing sweating is a huge thing oh yeah to get your mind in so i i think you do have a routine it's true yeah it's true well there we go calling that out i do have a routine (laughs) i go for a run in the morning (laughs) so your 
you got a little guy. Yeah. Your wife is part. You own the business with your wife, Robin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah correct. And um, how much? So a lot of it because young kids, a lot of it is based around their schedule, stuff like that. How much does family impact business to you? And is this something that you actively think about? Or is it just like, hey, this is here. This is how we do. Oh, you know, that's a great question. So I 100% try to always put family first. And that I'm, I, I'm, I'm deeply rooted in family, um, old school Italian upbringing families, like number one. And I still believe that, but now I have my own family, wife and kid and expecting an April or second one. Oh, I didn't know. So that. yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. We're having a, uh, we're having a girl. Nice. So yeah, they call that the million dollar family. I did not know that so many people when I've told them about this, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm having a girl. Oh, million dollar family. Yeah, it'll cost. I, I literally have to Google search that. What a million dollar. Yeah, family. it'll cost you a million dollars. Well, <laughs> yeah, well that too. I guess there's a second meaning to that. But yeah. apparently, it's having the older boy with the younger girl, and that completes the family. I don't know. Whatever. There you go. Anyways, uh, where was I going with this thought? Now, um, the impact and ah, uh, yes, family. yeah, yeah, the impact yeah. of business on family. Um, it's interesting because at first, I mean. Again, I've never owned a business in my life. So learning this brand new business, I and we were so busy, like so, so, so busy. Like we shattered like the monthly goals month after month, like over the 15 year history of the business, we've like broken those records. Like it's crazy. We had an incredible, incredible first six months. And finally now in January into month seven of taking over, we are like are into a typical post Christmas retail bad weather just normal calm time in the store, which is great because it allows me to like take a deep breath and analyze how the last six months went, debrief. But nonetheless, over those first few months of the store, it was so busy, and I can definitely, admittedly, say that definitely some family time got put on the back burner, and I was at the store every single, pretty much every single day later than I would like to, like on a regular day shift. And then there every single Saturday. Um, but now since November, I, I, I took myself off Saturdays altogether. Weekends are for family. Um, my staff know if they have to get a hold of me, they can call me, text me. That's no problem. But I'm at work. I'm on the store. And then um, on uh, before, I never had set days for admin days. <coughs> Excuse me. So then on Wednesdays are my admin days. So I schedule those in now where I'm not in the store on Wednesdays. So I'm finally now call it at six months, having a proper work-life balance and not always being at the store because I don't need to be at the store. Mm-hmm. Would I love to be there every single minute of the day greeting and thanking every single customer that walks in that door? Of course I would. And I genuinely enjoy that more than anything else. Saying hi to people that come in. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate the support. Appreciate you shopping local, all that awesome stuff. I really do. I, I wish I could shake every single person's hand that walks in that door. Um, but a typical day for me, it looks like, a, I'm there around eight, eight thirty in the morning and our business hours are 10 to six, but I'm there around eight, eight 30. And then I'm usually gone by two 33, four at the latest. Cause I, I make it a priority. I pick up my little guy from daycare by four 15. So I'm, I'm out of the store by four o'clock at the absolute latest, which is great. And then I work in 
my previous career as a paramedic, well, you're working shift work, you're working overnights, you're working through dinners, you're working through nights, mornings, whatever it is. This has been the best because now I'm home every single night for dinner. I'm home every single weekend. I'm never missing a Christmas. I'm never missing the, an Easter dinner or Thanksgiving dinner and all those events that I just took for granted previous. Um, now I'm like, oh my God, I get to sleep in my bed every night. I get to put my kid to bed every night. I get to be home for dinner every night. And these are like things that may sound funny, people listening to this, but unless you work that previous career, you actually like, that's like the reality. Like you're, you're, you work day, day, night, night, and then you're, you're on your four off, of course, but those four away from your family are, are could be tough at times. So um, that part I love so much. And I actually truly think this allows me to be a better family man, owning my own business, believe it or not, compared to working as a paramedic shift work day, day, night, night offer for, mm-hmm. because this is way more balanced. It's not this erratic schedule where you're exhausted for your first couple of days off and then you're kind of coming out of this comatose and then you get a couple of days and then you're right back into it kind of thing. So it's interesting in comparison. Um, I always thought like, Oh, there could be nothing better than shift work. But I think when you truly find your passion, there is way better than shift work. So there's, there's the, there's the next big thing is you own a business with your wife. Does she work in the store as well? I think she's, hasn't worked a single minute <laughs> on, the, on and purpose that, and that's the honest truth yeah. no my wife she works with lemon she's been with them for about 10 plus years yeah she is extremely successful in her role with lemon she's um she is a grinder a hard worker um but nonetheless she is in a very high up role with them nice. and um yeah you know what that's one thing when we got the business that she said you know what like she is super driven and motivated and stubborn like a mule i am as well and so i think in our store in that setting we would butt heads a lot um <laughs> and that's the honest truth and she yep. would say that i would say that to yep. each other's faces there but so you guys made the family decision it's made the family decision that yeah. and, we and, still and, like each other now yeah totally yeah let's. and it just a hundred percent makes sense for now for the next little bit until we just continue to grow this thing a little more that she continues doing her job love that she has with Lululemon because she actually truly loves working for that company. It's an yep. amazing company. Yep. And uh, I take on the store and it's worked really well for us so far. She has a lot of insight and 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 and, um, and helpful tips and feedback in that outside of working inside the store. Like we talk about the store all the time outside of the four walls at the city park. But um, yeah, I, I actually working time in the store she hasn't spent a minute working in the store and that's on purpose. She pops in she brings treats. She says hi to the staff. Like everyone knows her. Like she comes into the store. Don't think she's a ghost to the store, but um, you just didn't want to pay for the therapy. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Keep it separate. That's, that's expensive. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it separate. So that's good. You know, and that actually, and, and you know what? I said this to her a few months back. I said, you allowing me to put this extra time in when I need it at the store is more beneficial than you physically working in our store. Because I know that Jack Morrison is being taken care of. I know that these little tasks like grocery shopping or these little things are being done. Whereas before I would be the person who did all these tasks because of the four days off or whatever with shift work. But I said, you allow me to do these things. That is more helpful than you actually being in the store and working. So that part is, is huge. So it actually does create this 
nice curated work-life balance that uh, just works for us. Nice. And, um, and yeah. And I mean, maybe in the future, you know, I think, I, I think in the future, maybe a couple of years, two, three years, that'll be a point where she won't have to work for Lululemon anymore. And she can just maybe, you know, manage and when we open up our second store potentially, or when we grow our business to another level that, you know, she won't have to work anymore. So for Lululemon, I guess you could say. Yeah. What have you found has been like, has been the biggest catalyst to growth? Like there's so many things that, that could potentially grow a business, but you're very niche, you're retail. What have you found has been, have you tried a bunch of things and, and some worked, some didn't, or do you guys just hustle your ass off? <laughs> like what what's made yeah. you successful so far <clears throat> um i've thought about this before not about this podcast like i've I've thought about like when i again i, I talk about zooming this lens out because i i sometimes get so tunnel vision into my task and what i've been working on and it's totally it's like sometimes I, I literally just sit there and go okay let's look at these numbers for the last six months they're remarkable compared to previous best years mm-hmm. and i'm like Okay, well, I know a part of it is our connection to the run community. I know a part of it is maybe X, Y, Z. But when I actually zoom out this lens, I go, okay, for the last 10 years, I have, without receiving any kind of compensation or pay, I have done these community events and I've put myself out into the community and put on different events and run clubs and clinics. All this stuff I've done over the last 10 years for I call it for free, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a paid race director or paid volunteer. I mean, I'm a volunteer for all the stuff I do. So maybe now, ten years later, is when the fruition is starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a part of it. Is now all this social capital? Sure, yeah. I don't know what that means, but it's in my mind. I'm like, well, now ten years I've built this this this. Um, positive relationship with the running community mm-hmm. i have built this brand my the brand of who i am and who i am to the running community mm-hmm. and now it's coming full circle finally mm-hmm. without even like thinking about that like yeah. you know it's the law of reciprocity whatever that you, means you've been giving and giving and giving and you've be, you've been creating such enormous value for people and not only like you're fun to be around people like you right but <laughs> But what you've been building and creating for people and the community and like the events and everything like that, like that's giving, that's creating value for people, right? And so, I mean, I don't think before this, you've ever really said, hey, you know, maybe come to my store and buy something, right? And well, it's like, hey, remember all those things? Right. Come on over. Yeah. And people are though. And it's not even like me being like, hey, come shop in my store. Like, People are just doing it. And it's amazing that the support from the community, from friends, from family has been just remarkable. Yeah. And then, you know, talking about like, well, it's made it successful the first six months. It's in any business and not just our business, any business, you know, this, it is 110% back to you get what you put into it. If we took over on July one and I was like, okay, cool. It's a turnkey operation, which it was, it had 15 year history, right? The store. Turnkey operation. I could have easily just literally turned the key on July 2nd when we reopen after the holiday there on the 1st and gone, okay, well, the store's going to make money. I don't have to be in here. 
I'm going to go on vacation for a couple of weeks or I'm going to just whatever. Uh, there's people here. They can work. Okay. Well, cool. But these six months. Yeah. You said it. We, I, at the store, we have been busting our ass, busting our ass day in, day out. Myself, my staff, everyone involved in those four walls have been just busting. And because it's been so busy, so you had to stay on top of it and just keep grinding, keep grinding. And when I actually look at it from an outside perspective, I'm like, oh my God, we did, we did, we crushed sales. Like beat previous months best by like fifty, sixty thousand dollars like it's it's insane when i actually i when i actually just sit there and think to myself about it so it's 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 remarkable it's it's really neat um and i truly think yeah what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it that is like so in my mind like what it is and for me it works because i am a freaking grinder and i will do everything and anything to grow this thing and make it as big and successful and where people want to shop and that's not just me being like a greedy businessman that's me thinking i want to create an experience each and every single time a customer comes into our store where they come into our store they feel taken care of they feel welcome they feel inclusive like the inclusive environment included um and that it's a unique experience every time they come in there and that's what we want to provide to the customers to the community and to the people that we serve. Because like you said, it's a niche market. It's a very niche market. We yep. sell running shoes, walking shoes, orthopedic shoes for a certain clientele, and running clothes and accessories. I mean, it's not like a... And sweet hats. And sweet hats. Yeah. Sweet city park merchandise. Yep. Um, it's not like we're... I hate using the name sport check, but we're not like a sport check where you can go buy snowboards and running shoes and hockey jerseys and hockey gear and like a golf stuff. Like it's not like a revenue stream for all these different sports we specialize we're a specialist store and that's exactly what we are and what we do and we pride ourselves on that we're we're a specialty run shop and you to 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 stay afloat in this kind of business you gotta be the best at your craft and if you're not the best at your craft well they're gonna go to the other competition just down the way i like what you i i really like what you said about creating an experience yeah because when you create a story for people, which is an experience, it it hits you emotionally, right? Um, and so now you're now you're tying people in. Like I had a fun time at your store, yeah, and it wasn't even renovated yet, right? I oh my know. god, it's pre-renovation. I know. Oh man, you have to come check it, it out. It probably seems like a long time ago already. Five months. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. Um, so where do you want it? Like if, when you close your eyes at night and clearly you never stop thinking about it, I never close my eyes. There you go. (laughs) What is it? What does it look like? Where do you want to go with it? What do you want to do? Oh man. I just envision, I've always said this about city park runners where I want to take it. I, we envision it to be this, this hub, this running hub for Winnipeg. Winnipeg has a killer running community. Our run community in Winnipeg is by far I think I'm biased the best across Canada. Crazy. But go break it down per capita. Sure. Like everything else you break down because we have such a small population, blah, blah, blah. But our running community is so unique. It's so powerful. It's so dedicated and it's so giving. And that's what makes the run community in Winnipeg just so special. I've run races. I've run 
with other runners and other run groups across this country. And there's nothing that beats the runners in Winnipeg. The run community is just so powerful. And it, you know what it is? It's that Winnipeg toughness, like that grit. Like yeah. How many runners, <laughs> and I know a lot of runners, myself included, they run out in minus 30, 40, 50, not 50. Yeah, people are out there running in this cold January. January has been so cold, blizzardy snow, awful, 100 plus centimeters. And runners are out there grinding because it's that badass, tough mentality. And you that carries through all 365. Mm-hmm. So when you put these A-type personalities of this run community that we have, not all of them are A-type, but I'm saying these, these special people together, the community is just unstoppable. We can call anyone that runs in minus 40 crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. It, it takes a very special person for sure. But I, I have always said that and previous to owning this store, our run community is special. Winnipeg run community is extremely special. And that I love watching now from a lens of a business owner who caters to that niche market of the run community. It's um it's special. The runners, yeah. It's pretty cool. You said that your parents were a massive influence for you as far as hard work mm-hmm. um, and just doing what you need to do. Is there anything else that um, that has influenced your life, influenced the way that you think, um, you know, stuff that you think about? What are the what are the big influences in your life? Whether it's a book, a movie, a poem, uh, a person, Ooh. you know, a speech, whatever. <laughs> Ah, great question. Um, I'm motivated by a few different people and things. And one of them is you. Yes. Yes. And that's that's and why I, I asked the question. I just I right. set you up. He, and wants, that was, he uh, wants all the clout right now, guys. Yep. And, no, but honestly, God, I, I before I really knew down on a personal level, I Oh, and I said this earlier on the podcast without even being prompted this question. I always admired, and I'm using Dan as an example. There's other people out there who have done this in their life, who've had that corporate job or have had that job that's viewed as highly sought after, well-paying, et cetera. But they just take that step. They take that plunge into pursuing something outside of that what's deemed as the golden cuffs or the the best job kind of thing. And I get so excited now being in Dan's shoes in the form of, and I say that in Dan's shoes because now talking to other people on the job, as an example, I'll I'll, I'll say it, who are like, oh, I'm so stuck. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you don't have to be stuck. Yeah. F the pension. Yeah. You are, don't grind the next 25 years of your life to collect a pension. If you don't love it. If you don't love yeah. it. Yeah. Why? And the, there, there's so many people. And now I really think with this pandemic, talking to a lot of people on the job, and I'll, I'll say this on air, I don't care. They are stuck. They feel stuck because... This pandemic has really, uh, what's that word? Accelerated burnout 
it's accelerated the thought process of, oh my God, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? And it has not gotten any better. Oh. In my term with the city, it just got worse. There's a lot of lip service and it just got worse and worse and worse. Right. So now talking to some people who I can stay in contact with on the job, and I'm using the department as an example, unfortunately, they're, they feel stuck. And I'm like, ah, you don't have to feel this way there's other things out there pursue a passion of yours figure something out figure a way out to make it work because it's not all about the salary that you're collecting right now and this pension that everyone just so hard on for um what was the original question influences thank you influences so i got you now circling back yeah, I would say Dan would be one of them because watching him from afar four or five years ago, how long have you been out now? Uh, six years. Six, six years. years, yeah. So like I said earlier, we always talked about it. What are you going to do? Why don't you do it? You're like, oh, I don't know. About the same conversation I had with myself for the last couple of years. So something like Dan, monster inspiration because that is one person I saw do it and pursue his passion. Um, everyone knows who David Goggins is. I listened to a lot of his stuff and read his book and his audio book and all that. He lives by some pretty <laughs> savage words. Yeah. And if that, am I allowed to swear in? He sets the fucking tone. <laughs> if that hard ass motherfucker does not get you like jacked up, yeah. you are just not meant to be. And you I don't know, know. I ran my first marathon untrained because of him. Oh, <laughs> that man, David Goggins. <laughs> Is is on the, on the top three for sure. Yeah, and the, I've 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 known of David Goggins. I'm talking about like five years ago, like because now I feel like more and more he's like more of like a social icon now. Like sure, more like five six years ago, people did not know who David Goggins was. Yeah, but now he's like more popular. Yeah, social media has accelerated that for him. It seems he hasn't changed that much though. No, right? He's like he's still just no that hard ass mf'er yeah. who yeah. just is. Bad to the bone, man, in the best way possible. Yeah. His story is cool yeah. and inspiring and motivating. And holy shit, man. If yeah, if you don't listen to that guy and like go try to set a goal off of that, I don't know what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're dead inside. Dead, you're dead inside. Yeah. No, but honestly, and I'll always circle back. Like my my parents, man, they always motivated me and they always inspired me in the best ways possible. And guided me without me really knowing it in a sense. And truthfully, I mean, I I I, I myself as a hard worker and a grinder, and I don't stop. And that is one hundred percent a trait I attributed when I'm back to a young age. I mean, how else do you learn that if you aren't is that not instilled in you at a young age or as you grow up, kind of thing? Um, yeah, that, I would say that. I like it. I yeah. like it. Uh, for what's the what's the weirdest thing about you? Weirdest thing about me? Yeah. Oh damn, that's a tough question. Weirdest thing about me, like because let me tell you, from an outside, when I <laughs> step back, yeah, and I've been working a lot on awareness and mm-hmm. like being aware of myself. Mm-hmm. When I step back and I look at my life mm-hmm. i do some weird ass shit like i am you know give me an example oh dude i just started uh 
passage meditation. It's like half an hour every What's morning. Passage meditation. You repeat a passage in your head over and over and over of like some like a mantra or something like like a spiritual uh, passage. And what it does is it works on focus. Okay. And and many other things, right? But you know, I well, you mentioned it here, the warrior stuff and uh, you know, personal growth and uh setting time apart during the day for myself. Um, you know, like there's so many things that when I if I talk to people about them, they're just like oh okay like mm-hmm. why like what is it what do you do what cold showers right like that is weird it's not weird that's crazy like i i would i wish i had a cold plunge yeah oh that would that's be am- oh that would be amazing i jump in that thing. cold lake every morning um yeah there's crazy things like you know um i read some weird books too and just like try to try to push myself where I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in, in growth. Like I believe that the, the purpose of life is growth within ourselves. Um, but like I stopped eating meat and dairy yeah. and like, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm a cheater at it though. Like I'm not, I won't go to a, if I go to a steakhouse, let me tell you, mm-hmm. I'm dominating that steak. Of course. However, you know, when you follow, when you go down the rabbit hole of running and nutrition and body and exercise and health and all this stuff, you know, you start to read and listen and you're like, oh, okay, maybe that's not the healthiest for me. Maybe I shouldn't do that or whatever. Um, but yeah, just just weird things, you know, like it, it could probably be in anything. Like I'm oddly OCD. You drive. You drive a nice BMW too. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean I'm weird. <laughs> I just, I just like driving nice vehicles. When I'm going to drive a car from my house to the store, which is only three point four kilometers, I want to be in a nice car. But who's tracking? Yeah. You have always. Have you always been into cars? Um. Yes. Okay. Well, not into cars. What I've always been into are like fast moving things like when i was 16 i had a go-kart nice and it was like an old snowblower engine attached to a chassis had a steering wheel had a kill switch i had a, I had a go-kart it went like 50 miles an hour 50 kilometers an hour yeah. which is fast when you're on like a little go-kart yeah. ripping around your parents bay um i had like one of those like mini crotch rockets like 50 cc crotch rockets and we would like race the go-kart with the crotch rocket. i was like 16 17 years old so i've always had a thing for speed um I love like little powerful engine kind of toys like that. Like yeah. I don't have a quad or a bike or anything, but like that. And then I sold the go-kart and that, but then I just love. Have you looked into the Porsche driving experience? No. <gasps> Is that Winnipeg? It's in Ontario. Oh, I thought it was in, Ger- I thought it was only in Germany, but oh. there's a Porsche experience Canada. There's one in summer. And there's one in winter. It's called the Winnipeg Ice Experience. Oh, wow. In Winnipeg, they have it. Yeah. No, sorry. No, no. It's in Ontario. Ontario. The track's in Ontario. And then the winter one is in Montreal. Oh, cool. And I learned about this last year. And I'm trying to move heaven and earth. 
to do this thing. Because oh, cool. I too am like, like I'm not a car guy. Like I can, I've helped take apart engines and sure. chassis and transmissions and stuff like that in uh, when I was younger with my dad, but or and in school. But like driving, oh my goodness! Oh, that'd be fun. I think that that was the best part about the fire department. Driving was, was driving really fast oh like not even i don't even know if it was even driving the fire truck yeah i think it was driving fast fast yeah and all of you wore off for me early i hated using the sirens at the end of my career oh i didn't like the sirens sirens and like i there's dangerous sometimes driving fast and bad drivers everywhere yeah i know <laughs> i know it's funny i because get you know it what? i actually think that has now parlayed into like my outside life of being a paramedic where like my wife hates being in a car with me because I drive like quick and I can't stand bad drivers around me. But I, and you can attest to this, I think you gain an exceptional driving like experience, driving a fire truck, driving an ambulance, because you're always checking your mirrors, oh, your yeah, peripherals. Yeah. You always know who's around you at every single split second. Yeah. So I sometimes you can call it make quick lane changes or what other people would call as cutoff. But I know... <laughs> I know. My Some people may call me an asshole. Yeah, but I have that like seventh <laughs> sense on the road. I get it. Where like I, I feel totally confident and 100% about my abilities behind the wheel. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. I brought the same conversation to my <laughs> wife and i did not win oh no I, I never win but you know what she was she was amazing at pointing it out right like she at the at first she was really scared like she was like i i just i can't drive with you and i'm like what are you talking about? like one i've never got in an accident yeah, like exactly. and any damage to yeah. her vehicle is mm, not me mm-hmm. but like what's the issue and she's just like you know what i figured it out you used to drive fast. Like that's your right. thing. You drive. That's right. Now I've given away a lot of that <laughs> for the ease of mm-hmm. my marriage. And, you know, I've got kids in the back yeah. and like meditate now. <laughs> so You're I'm a lot more zen. I'm a lot yeah. more zen now. Yeah. I would well, when say. When you have that. a, 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 you know, fast car mm-hmm. it may come back to you well that's why i don't drive a fast car <laughs> yeah no. it's fun it's pretty fun yeah no i like it um is there anything that you know what i think that one of the things that you've you've run in multiple locations yeah. right yeah and you've you've traveled um yeah what did it what, what is it about winnipeg that like you quit the fire department, or you you quit the Winnipeg Fire Service, Fire Paramedic Service. You could have gone everywhere, anywhere, mm-hmm. um, other than family. Was there anything that kept you here? What is it about Winnipeg that kept you here? Great question. Um, as just, it's my as it's minus forty out. Right, right. you're hundred yeah. percent right, and yeah. like. <sighs> What kept me here was his family. Back to family being so important. Mm-hmm. Both my parents, my three brothers. I got eight nieces and nephews. So family's big. Grandparents just up until a couple of years back, but family was so big. And then if I'm talking the grand picture, it's just like I felt and feel still so rooted here. 
in the community and the people I surround myself with. Yep. That part is just like so big. And yeah, you're right. It could have gone anywhere. Could have gone to the West Coast. Could have gone down to the States potentially. Mm-hmm. Could have gone anywhere. Right? But that is the biggest reason why. I, and I, I, I've been, I get a lot of conversations about this with, with, the, uh, with the wife at times. About because um, she's originally from the West Coast. So, what what is it about Winnipeg that you think is different than other places? The community, yeah, the community, the people. Winnipeg is so unique for so many different reasons, as we know. We can go minus fifty in winter to plus forty in the summertime. Unique in so many aspects, but it's the people and it's the community. And in my realm of who I service to or who I surround myself with, in particular the run community and, and the people outside of the run community, it's you just it's a very it's a very entrenching community that you don't want to leave or not be a part of. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I I would say just so deeply rooted, deeply rooted in Winnipeg family. And then the community aspect, the events I've created and started here, I just couldn't imagine uprooting all of that and trying to like replant that somewhere else. I, I almost wouldn't want to. Yeah, I hear you. Winnipeg is, there's a lot of knocks on Winnipeg. We get it. The weather and other things that happen here. And I'm not going to get into that, but there's a lot of positive behind Winnipeg. And True. people yeah. actually don't look at the whole picture. Right. Winnipeg is a beautiful city. It offers a lot. It offers a lot of opportunity because, you know, it's just, and it affords you a lot of opportunities. And Winnipeg's good, man. Tell me about, um, give a, I, I want you to make, I want to make sure that everyone knows what's going on with you right now. Hmm. So give it a, Give us another shout out uh, where the store is. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you got going on that you want to promote? Um, you know, it's a platform. Yeah, I mean, I'm a one to promote myself, but the store, that's all I'm going to talk about. Um, City Park Runners, it's at 2091 Portage Avenue, right across from um, Assiniboine Park. So the, the name originated because the original Assiniboine Park used to be called City Park. So that's where the name originated from. Um, uh, now it's City Park Runner. So nonetheless, 2091 Portage Avenue, just west of Sergeant Sunday. So if you know where Sergeant Sunday is, go like another block west down the street and you'll run into our store. Um, we're open now Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturdays 10 to 4. We do delivery, curbside pickup, uh, free shipping, all that kind of good stuff for the listeners outside of Winnipeg. Um I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not one to like. But, uh, this is what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm, I'm I run still. Um, are you coaching still? Are you I'm are not, you actively coaching? No, I'm not actively coaching. So like, I got you right at the end. You yeah, <gasps> you did. You know, it's funny. Leading into Manitoba, I was coaching 34 people. Now it's in September, mm-hmm. right? And I took over the store July one and. At that, at that point, I was like, oh, my God. And, again, like going back to the story, hiring Carolyn Kaufman, our head coach, I was going, I just need 
to offload this off my plate and build this part into my business. So I'm I'm extremely happy I did because that's just a monster acquisition for City Park Runners to create that and to have that now as part of the platform. But nonetheless, we offer run coaching, run clinics, um, personalized fitting. We we assess your foot, watch you walk. Um, we have a treadmill in the store so you can try the shoes on, walk, run, whatever you're comfortable with. And truthfully, we don't just cater to runners. We we cater to everyone who walk, who go to the gym, who need orthopedic shoes or who have orthotics to put into their shoes. 60% of our business is, is, is not actually like non-runners, to be honest. Crazy. We have a lot of people who are just coming in who just need a comfortable pair of running shoes yep. to walk in yep. or to go to the gym in or whatever that looks like. Cross train. Cross train yep. or whatever it is. So yes, City Park Runners, the name Runners is in the name, but it's uh, we cater to everyone, honestly. Beautiful. Uh, old, young, in between, everything. Uh, we have we have all sizes, widths of, of shoes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. I want to, as we wrap up here, I want to honor you for not only uh taking the massive massive leap of uh quitting something that is very much security and going after freedom um but you know everyone that knows you your excitement your energy your zest and passion for what you're doing is just it's infectious i love it it's why i coach with you um and for you to come on here tell your story like that's it's it's inspiring i'm sure anyone who listens to this who's on the fence like anything like this really helps so um i wish you all the best um it's it's failing forward failing fast until you're succeeding and i'm i'm excited for you so i really appreciate you coming and uh you're welcome back anytime Love to do it, man. I appreciate your time as well. Thank you. All right, brother.